Hey, listeners of the Bio Report, I want to tell you about a new member benefit from the California Technology Council. CTC has teamed with Reprovada to offer members six months of Reprovada's COT Network service for free, which gives companies the power of a VPN at a fraction of the cost. A remote, flexible workforce is the new normal, but most corporate networks aren't built to accommodate work from home at scale. Reprovada's COT Network offers an easily deployable, affordable, and scalable solution to securely enable remote workers and protect the corporate network. To learn more about this and other member benefits, go to californiatechnology.org forward slash member benefits. I'm Daniel Levine, and this is the Bio Report. As a researcher, Joe Garcia applied functional genomics to understanding genes that contribute to inflammatory disorders such as acute respiratory distress syndrome, or ARDS. As founder and CEO of the biotech company Aqualung Therapeutics, he's working to advance therapies to hit these novel targets to treat unchecked inflammation with the company's lead experimental therapeutic candidate targeting ARDS. We spoke to Garcia about the company's ARDS therapy, how it works, and why it's a timely focus given the COVID-19 pandemic. Joe, thanks for joining us. Pleasure to be here. Thanks. We're going to talk about Aqualung Therapeutics, Acute Respiratory Distress Syndrome, or ARDS, and your efforts to develop a treatment for this condition. Let's start with ARDS, though. What is it, and how big a health challenge does it represent? Well, about half a million people every year get ARDS, acute respiratory distress syndrome, in the United States alone, and you know, close to two million maybe globally. So it's it's not a, a an uncommon um, disorder, uh, but it is a. a extremely challenging to treat disorder because the mortality of this in anyone that has, gets ARDS is uh, 30 to 40 percent uh, in the U.S. and it's probably higher um, outside the U.S. What makes it so challenging to treat? Well, it's uh, it's sort of the ultimate in 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 the stress to uh, to a, a human being in that uh, they have multiple attacks on a variety of organs, starting with the lungs. So that the most common causes of ARDS are sepsis, which is infection in the bloodstream, and trauma, and uh, smoke inhalation will do it, and bacterial and viral pneumonias. And so as a result, this starts off with inflammation in the lung from those particular um, causes, but then the inflammation becomes waves and waves of amplified inflammation that start to affect other organs like your kidneys and heart and ultimately patients with ARDS wind up if they don't survive they die from that multi-organ failure and that these organs uh, weren't able to sustain the 
inflammatory injury. We've heard a lot about the respiratory challenges that can occur to people infected with the COVID-19 virus. Are the ones who end up on respirators suffering from ARDS? And what role does ARDS play in the mortality of patients with COVID-19? ARDS is probably the primary uh, cause of death in most of the COVID-19 patients, at least. That's what the the reports from China and elsewhere are suggesting. Um, COVID-19-induced ARDS has a lot of similarities to garden variety ARDS, but it also has some unique changes that, um, that may not be typical ARDS as well. And uh, the ventilator, um, I think this is an important part of the ARDS story, is that patients with, uh, with COVID-19 viral infection or other causes of uh, respiratory distress, like I mentioned, sepsis or bacterial pneumonia or trauma, when you have uh, increasing respiratory distress, your lungs start to fill with fluid. And the work of breathing when your lungs are, are full of fluid is very, very great. So these patients generally run out of uh, energy, they fatigue, and they need a ventilator to help with their respiration. And so the, the, uh, the, the, the irony of, the, of this is that the ventilator, while saving your life, because you're, you know, the patients run out of energy to breathe on their own, the ventilator also is a, is a major cause for inflammation as well. So that's been known for now some time. And so strategies to, to address ARDS, whether it's COVID-19 induced or otherwise, need to take into account the fact that the ventilator contributes to that inflammatory burden in patients with ARDS. As an academic, you've done functional genomics work that identified candidate genes that contribute to inflammatory disorders such as ARDS. This led to a focus on the NAMP gene. What is NAMP and, and what role does it play in the inflammatory cascade? Yes, well, that's, uh, that's exactly right, Dan. Uh, we, uh, early on, uh, when I was the chief pulmonary at, at Johns Hopkins uh, in the early 2000s, we, uh, our group there, um, through a clinical trial that was uh, published in the New England Journal, in this clinical trial, we had identified the fact that the ventilator contributed to mortality in ARDS. And, and the hypothesis was is that the way that ventilator contributes to mortality was that it was causing excessive increases in inflammation. So at, at that point, my, my laboratory, uh, my research laboratory at Hopkins, we, uh, we began focusing very, uh, aggressively on trying to identify genes that might be involved in how the ventilator induces that inflammation. And uh, this is how we found a gene that's called NAMPT. NAMPT uh, stands for nicotinamide phosphoribosyl transferase. It's a, a protein that has a normal function inside a cell, but when it's secreted from a cell and floats in the bloodstream, it is a very potent inflammatory mediator. And the reason we think NAMPT is a, a pretty novel target for ventilator-induced lung injury and ARDS in general, including COVID-19-induced ARDS, is that this gene is induced very early. It's one of the first genes induced when a patient or a, 
an animal is exposed to uh, mechanical ventilation. Is this unique to the lungs, or is this across inflammatory conditions? Well, uh, that's a great question. Um, NAMS is, uh, is induced uh, by a, a many different stimuli. Uh, in the lungs, the vent is a cause of uh, NAMS to be secreted. Um, hypoxia, meaning low concentrations of the of oxygen in the blood, so that could occur in any organ. If the if the if the person is low on oxygen in the blood, hypoxic, that is a stimulus for more NAMP secretion. And uh, you know other inflammatory stimuli and um, uh, in and can cause an increase in NAMP production as well. So it's not unique to the lung, but the lung, uh, when you have uh, these inflammatory mediators released, because NAMP has induced the expression of a lot of these mediators, the mediators cause uh, inflammation, and, and part of inflammation is leakiness of blood vessels. The blood vessels become leaky during inflammation. And so you can see in the lung, which has the largest blood vessel system in the body, the largest surface area of blood vessels, when you have leaky blood vessels in the lung, it's catastrophic, and that's what causes the lungs to flood with fluid, therefore that requiring a, a ventilator. So it's sort of a, it is definitely a, 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 a cycle of inflammation, leakiness, and increasing need for uh, mechanical ventilation. Is ARDS a matter of the immune system getting over-revved, as it were? What's understood about the biology of ARDS? Well, that's, that's also a, a terrific question, Dan. You know, the uh, you know, there, there's a lot of variation, a lot of heterogeneity, as it were, in how people respond to ARDS. For example, um, you know, there's no doubt that genetics plays a, a major influence on uh, on outcomes in ARDS. Uh, individuals of African descent and, and Hispanics uh, have uh, an increased predisposition to develop ARDS and have an increased mortality with ARDS. And I think if you're following the COVID-19 uh, epidemiology going on in this country, you'll, you'll find out that cities that have a relatively small percentage of African Americans in the community have a much higher out-of-proportion mortality. And uh, that's true in cities that have larger percentages of African-Americans in those cities as well. And, uh, you know, we've been evaluating genetic variants that contribute to um, uh, African descent individuals' uh, susceptibility to um, ARDS. And it's uh, the immune systems of African descent individuals are fundamentally different from non-Hispanic whites. And so... They have a very robust response to inflammatory stimuli like COVID-19, like bacterial pneumonias, like sepsis. So there, there's a lot of variables involved, in, and we're very interested uh, uh, as part of our quest to understand ARDS. We're very interested in, in further identifying genetic variants that are race and ethnicity specific. How is ARDS treated today? Ours has, uh, has always been um, primarily treated with a ventilator and supportive care. There are uh, no FDA-approved therapies for ARDS. And, uh, and before the COVID-19 uh, pan- pandemic, 
very few clinical trials relatively to the gravity of the disease um, taking place. Of course, with COVID-19 uh, pandemic, there's, this, this has all changed. And there's uh, quite a number of, of, of compounds being um, uh, contemplated for use in clinical trials as part of the, the COVID-19 uh, pandemic, specifically to address ARDS and its excessive mortality. You're developing an experimental therapy, ALT100. What is ALT100? So, um, so I mentioned that uh, NAMP is a is a protein that's very early on uh, in the course of ARDS uh, generated, secreted uh, into the bloodstream. We've measured NAMP in the blood of patients as they develop ARDS. Uh, it's high uh, with the, with trauma, with sepsis, and with uh, uh, pneumonia, and it gets higher when that patient is put on the vent. Um, and uh, continues to increase as they're on the vent. So because it's, a, it's ability to induce through a receptor called the toll-like receptor 4, which is a, a very important uh, innate immunity receptor, NAMPT binds this receptor and induces tremendous inflammation. So our ALT100 is our um, humanized monoclonal antibody that we have uh, generated screened after screening many uh, murine monoclonal antibodies and many, many humanized monoclonal antibodies. And ALT100 binds NAMPT with a very high affinity and neutralizes it. And we believe it could be a very important part of a, of a, of a <clears throat> therapeutic strategy to reduce inflammation, particularly if we can give this antibody early. I mean, our thoughts are within our, our program here are to deliver this antibody at or before the time a patient requires mechanical ventilation in order to completely take out ventilator-induced lung injury as part of the contributing uh, elements to increase ARDS mortality. You've developed a diagnostic that you believe can predict likely responders to ALT100. Is the idea to develop this as a precision medicine and, and pair the diagnostic with the therapy? Yes, that's, that's a really good point. So, so our, our thinking uh, prior to 19, our, 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 our strategy was to use uh, a platform that we call Enamptor because it has three pieces. It's got the humanized monoclonal antibody, ALT100. As you've just mentioned, we have a diagnostic biomarker assay that detects NAMP in the blood and the plasma of patients with ARDS. We also have a genetic test that genotypes patients for these genetic variants that we have shown. If you have these variants, you're at significantly higher risk of uh, ARDS and ARDS mortality. So in doing a clinical trial, we would absolute, absolutely um, choose to select patients that have higher levels of NAMP in their blood, have the genetic variants that make them more susceptible to a bad outcome from ARDS and choose those for testing whether our antibody can improve survival. In the course of a pandemic such as we're experiencing right now, I believe the antibody could, could and should be used in a clinical trial for all comers. And, um, and then we could determine whether the, the biomarkers and the genetic tests 
have the capacity of identifying those who are most likely to respond to the to the therapy. You're pursuing a number of indications, most of which have to do with lung injury. If I remember correctly, also on the list was prostate cancer. How does that fit in with the mechanism of action here? Yeah, that's a good question too, Dan. So yes, we have, uh, by virtue of the fact that NAMPT uh, is a, such a pro-inflammatory central regulator of inflammation, it wouldn't be surprising that NAMPT would be involved in other processes besides acute lung injury like ARDS. And so uh, inflammation, and the, and the answer to your question really is the fact that inflammation is a critical biological process, a normal part of responding to the environment, et cetera. And as a result, it inter- interacts with other biological processes like programmed cell death, like cancer development, like remodeling and fibrosis. Inflammation influences all of those other biological and pathobiological processes. Now, in prostate cancer, just to get specific to your question, um, prostate cancer is uh, a cancer like other cancers that are influenced by inflammation. When you have inflammation in the presence of the cancers, particularly in, in cells that are secreting cytokines around the tumors, those stimulate uh, a change in, in a very aggressive cancer sort of uh, uh, phenotype. So prostate cancer cells, for example, in the prostate gland may be uh, indolent in the prostate gland, quiet, until they get exposed to cytokines and inflammatory mediators that turn them into aggressive metastatic cells. That's a, there's, a, there's a growing appreciation for this in the cancer literature, and our preclinical data suggests that NAMPT is a driver of that uh, aggressive metastatic behavior of these prostate cancer cells. You've been successful at securing a number of grants through your history. Are you exclusively grant-funded today? We, uh, we are definitely ser- looking for a Series A funding. I think we're getting closer. Uh, this will uh, allow us to, to move uh, into our uh, Phase 1A and 1B uh, clinical trials. Uh, we've gone through a seed stage round. We're uh, to the tune of about $700,000. But uh, to your point, yes, we have, we've been very successful, uh, fortunately, with obtaining non-dilutive grant funding from the uh, NIH uh, to the tune of $6 million or so, um, and uh, with more on the horizon. But uh, we really do need uh, th- those dollars. Don't pay for manufacturing of our antibody. We need a Series A to get us to that state. And I guess I should have asked you at the front, but are you a scuba diver or a Jethro Tull fan? <laughs> Not the former, definitely the latter. <laughs> Joe Garcia, founder and CEO of Aqualung Therapeutics. Joe, thanks so much for your time today. Thank you, Dan. Take care. Good luck. Thanks for listening. The Bio Report is a production of the Levine Media Group. To automatically download this podcast each week, subscribe to our RSS feed or through iTunes or other podcast manager. To join our mailing list, go to levinemediagroup.com. We'd love to hear from you. 
If you want to drop us a line or are interested in sponsoring this podcast, send email to danny at levinemediagroup.com. Special thanks to Jonah Levine, who composed our theme music, and the Jonah Levine Collective, which performs it.